Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, my name is Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Today, we are going to talk about some Matthew 5. Uh, we have, well, it's actually been a while, but we started the Matthew sermon series, I don't know. Last year. A, a while ago, and we took a break for a while, and we just jumped back in uh, this last Sunday, and I was sitting there listening to the first sermon uh, in Matthew 5, which is the Sermon on the Mount, and... We went through that and we thought, hey, this could be really helpful in talking about um, our tribe being the church and engaging in politics in some way or, or engaging the political realm or gov- governmental realm in some way. This this is helpful posture for, for Christians because this is the kingdom posture. So I'm going to read the first several verses, uh, one, not one, three through 12 of Matthew 5. We'll read the Beatitudes and... Then we'll we'll just chat about that. How does that sound, Scott? Okay. So this is starting in verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So how how on earth can we use this in the realm of politics? Or, or how does it govern the realm of politics? I was going to say, I don't know that we use it. <laughs> uh, exactly. But the reality is the Beatitudes are a very succinct statement of the values of the kingdom of heaven. Mm-hmm. And so as such, they really do govern how those who belong to the kingdom of heaven uh, interact in a world in the kingdom of men. And so we are trying to figure out how do we act in the world in such a way that we represent and live out the values of the kingdom of heaven in a different kingdom that has different values. I think that's some of the question. Now, there's even a a sort of a more fundamental assumption, and that has to do with the word blessed. What exactly Mm -hmm. do we mean when we're talking about being blessed? Mm -hmm. And I think what we're talking about when we're talking about being blessed is we're talking about a the way in which human beings uh, flourish or the way that's what uh, Jonathan Pennington says is the the way that human beings thrive or the way of being fully human and I, and I say that because this is a succinct statement on the part of Jesus about human flourishing and about what makes human beings all that they can be so the way the way people are human is this this is really putting bounds around the good life. 
Yeah. The person who is blessed is the one who has the good life. Right. And so what Jesus is doing is giving us a different vision of the good life mm-hmm. than we might get in our geopolitical world. Right. Because what he's giving us is really a surprising view of the good life, a surprising view of what really makes uh, someone fully alive. And so that's the first thing that I would say is I think we have to say, what really is our vision for life? Are we looking for blessing that is completely apart from any suffering or any dis, mm. you know, inconvenience or uh, anything like that? Because that's most, most people have the vision of life that that's what real blessing is, is everything comes easy and uh, I have more than enough and all of these things when Jesus gives us a different vision for the good life. And so just right out the gate, when I interact in the world, I need to interact at the level of what's my vision for the good life. Mm-hmm. And that's where I need to start. So that's the first place that they intersect, I think, is really with the first word of each one of these. Mm-hmm. What do I really think is the good life or makes me fully human or fully alive? So. That's what Jesus says. Jesus says that you know these are the characteristics of those who are fully alive. So uh, that's a first interaction. I think the second that I would say has to do with just the qualitative aspects of the Beatitudes. In other words, they are qualities of a human being, qualities of a person. Jesus is saying these people who are merciful, these people who are meek or who are poor in spirit. So he's talking about people and... Uh, he's talking about a certain kind of person that is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven and reflects kingdom of heaven values. And so when I'm engaging in the uh, life in this world, I have to say, what, what kind of kingdom values am I, am I interacting with? Am I living out? What challenges my kingdom values? All of those things and, you know, I'm just thinking of something as simple as comes my turn to vote. Hmm. I can use this list, really, hmm. as, uh, as one criteria, anyway, mm-hmm. uh, for who is going to reflect the, the values of the kingdom of heaven. Hmm. Now, I might do that and disqualify every single sure. candidate, but I have some other qualifications, possibly, also. Sure. But... One of the things that I, the reason that I thought of even bringing this up is that you hear people who are citizens of the kingdom of heaven identify with a political candidate mm-hmm. that is clearly not, and somehow think that that political candidate is going to somehow help the kingdom of heaven. And that has been uh, just really hard. I think for us as a church over the past, uh, shall I say, five years. Sure. And um, we just have to say, okay, kingdom people are characterized by this list, merciful, pure in heart, meek, poor in spirit, mourning. And when you're like that, if you were like that, I could expect that you would carry out the agenda of the kingdom of heaven, maybe. Mm-hmm. I would think that you would promote the kingdom of heaven because you're a kingdom of heaven person. If you're not a kingdom of heaven person, 
I, I shouldn't expect you to uh, uphold kingdom values because you're not in your personal life and you're not in any other way. And so I think that we have to come to grips with the fact that this really does state what Jesus wants for the kingdom of heaven. So on an evaluation level, you're talking about, I kind of hear you saying you're describing uh, character qualities in someone that may not necessarily point to the fact that they are kingdom people, um, but they they re- they reflect maybe or they they smack of some type of character that might be um, closer to kingdom. Is is that what you're saying? Or are you saying eval- you can evaluate? Hey, this is a kingdom person, and I see it through X Y Z. Thus, checks at least a box. Well, if you I mean if I see it, I see it. Right. And I mean, I can't know their heart to know if they're in the kingdom or not sure. necessarily. But if I see it, I see it. And that gives me some hope that they have at least some of the values of the kingdom of heaven that Jesus would share. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that that's all I'm saying. I'm not really saying that I know if they're in or out, but I know sure. what these values are. And that's that's one thing. I think the other thing is it's really hard, though, to be in public life mm. and to have these values uh, because in some respect these values offer a system you might say mm-hmm. a kingdom of heaven system where starting off with poor in spirit i think that's why that's the lead idea it's really hard to be poor in spirit and uh, be uh, a politician i'm just gonna say it's hard to be poor in spirit and be a lot of things no doubt but it it takes a different level of well let's say meekness too it's hard to be meek Mm. and be out there uh as someone who is trying to publicly lead now it's possible Mm -hmm. but it's super hard Mm -hmm. and so i think that you know, I, I want to say it's hard. The other thing, though, that I also want to say is I think that the Church of Jesus Christ or those who are in the kingdom of heaven need to be very careful about assuming that we will accomplish somehow kingdom ends by worldly means. Right. And this gives us some criteria for that. If meekness is me surrendering my power or my strength, for the sake of someone else, uh, and the political clout of the evangelicals or the political clout of the church requires me to uh, gather power rather mm. than to surrender it, mm. or to marshal strength instead of uh, set it down, I'm acting in a non-meek way, and I'm acting contrary or I'm expecting the church of Jesus, let me say it that way, to act contrary to the values of Jesus. Mm. Uh, or I do it anyway, and I undermine the reputation of Jesus. And I think that's some of what I've seen in my lifetime as a church interacts with politics, is that right. they're, they're interacting with politics, uh, and the means of that interaction undercuts the gospel it undercuts the values of the kingdom so then i have a push me pull you situation where i want people to be you know vote christian or be christian and in my in my work in that direction i undermine the very message that would 
make them Christian or help them be a gospel believing person. So, right. And and I like what you said about it's not impossible to do this uh, to live. Say you're just in the political world. That's what you do, and that's your job, and you do these things day in day out. It's definitely possible to have this posture, especially as a kingdom person. Um, I think the danger lies in that there's kind of a lowest common denominator. There, there is a way people in the world act in politics. And if you jump in and go, I'm a Christian and I want to learn politics, hey, teach me how politics works. You are going to be discipled into a posture and a, um, a way of working in the world that's not at all like this. Mm-hmm. It's just a given. And I, this is kind of fresh on my mind. I was just recently at a fundraiser for a political uh, person and there wasn't a lot of this (laughs) right and but there was let's see if we can whip up support and let's see if we can create us versus them tension and we can do these things and i remember thinking okay how i know this is possible i know one can be meek and be a leader i know one can um be poor in spirit i no one can be merciful and not go after their opponents with a vehemence that wants their worst. There, there are ways to do this, um, but if you just jump in and go, how do I do politics? The politicians will teach you how to do politics, and it's not going to be, okay, open to Matthew 5, <laughs> and now we're going to talk about this. Well, if you think about who the greatest leader ever was, it was Jesus who perfectly embodied mm-hmm. these kingdom values. So I think you have to say, yes, it's possible, uh, but you'd also say, yeah, it's pretty rare. And, and be careful who's discipling you. We've said this right. so many times, and, and we've also said don't not engage these things. And if you do, be aware of who's going to disciple you. And if, if you're not letting Jesus and the church disciple you first, someone else will do it, and they're not going to have this posture in mind. Well, and you've got the lowest—you said lowest common denominator, which I really I think is a good way of thinking about this, because it's not just going to a political candidate's fundraising event— where you run into this. You run into this when almost anybody interacts with some political idea on Facebook mm-hmm. because you don't have uh, very much mercy <laughs> and people aren't interacting with it so that they might be peacemakers or right. they're not really, t- you know, they're, they're borrowing a meme that somebody made to get clicks because and they clicked on it and now they're sharing it rather than sharing it because it's meek or poor in spirit or mourning over the things that they're talking about. So many things that are clickbait should be mourned over mm-hmm. by kingdom people that it's just, I just think we have to, the, the, the means will sometimes undercut the end. Right. And you might even want something really good, but you go after it in a way that's not poor in spirit, mourning, mm-hmm. uh, meek. Uh, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, and then you're you're sending a mixed message about that to the world that you're trying to influence, and that is really problematic. Mm-hmm. And so that's I I think that's some of what I you know want us to think about, and some of it's that way. Some of it's just like straight up right out of these beatitudes. How am I going to be in the world in a way that's fully alive, that's thriving, that's flourishing? What's my vision for that when I'm poor in spirit? Because Mm -hmm. I would expect that most of us have a 
opposite of porn spirit view of what makes someone flourish. And so I want to I want to interact on Facebook. I want to interact with people mm-hmm. at church. I want to lead in such a way uh, that I'm poor in spirit, it, rather than uh, rich in confidence or rich in mm-hmm. influence or or something. And I hope that people can see the difference between kingdom people and non-kingdom people. Right. And. Um, I'm not sure they can right now. I don't know. But I, I want that to be the case. I want there to be such a distinction that you come across someone and go, oh, you, are you a kingdom person? Like you're, you're doing things differently because of the poor in spirit or the, or the humble or the meekness or even just the hunger and thirst for righteousness. You were talking about the different Facebook stuff that you see. If we just saw a, an insatiable hunger and thirst for righteousness come out of the post of, Christians on Facebook, that would be notable. And it would be, okay, but they're wanting something different than the typical lowest common denominator political engagement wants. And I can't help but think that look attractive as well. Well, it might be a longer term attraction. Because you're not going to get the immediate click. Right. You're going to get a longer term, let me see what this means. In fact, Mm -hmm. I just was uh, talking, I'm on a uh, the board of a seminary and I was just talking about some potential board members and there were two that demographically were identical but one the the way that they went about uh, articulating their positions and stating their uh, concerns the the way they did it was so dramatically different than the other one hmm. that uh, the recommendation I received was really go after the one and not the other because they will reflect hmm. the values of the kingdom in a different way. Not just by what they say, but they might say similar things, but the way they go about it will be so much easier to live with and deal with and work with than the other. So... Hmm. Anyway, I think that that's a, maybe a good illustration of what I'm trying to say, and that is that these that the beatitudes govern the the character certainly of a person. Mm-hmm. They govern the way that a person uh, lives in the world, but they also govern the way that you go about articulating things that you think are important or true. Mm-hmm. And so, it's a uh, this kingdom manifesto, you might say, that's some what some people call the Beatitudes, are are one of the things that I hope will govern the church as they think about their engagement in politics. If we just ran, if we use this as a grid mm-hmm. and said, uh, you know, the people I'm voting for, are they this? The, the policies that I want to see enacted, do they represent this? Because I think that one of the things that, you might find is that you would you would see policies maybe on both sides that do line up with this that are merciful perhaps yeah uh, or that are peacemaking but then you'll also find policies on both sides that are not and so you're not going to find a political party that one is the kingdom of heaven party and one is not right but you you have this grid so you understand that and that'll really help I think the the credibility of kingdom people rather than advocating for a party advocate for this. <laughs> right. Well and and 
to the degree you advocate for this, it makes it a lot easier to have a less tight grip on party politics. I can I can engage uh, the pursuit of a policy disconnected from party politics because I'm pursuing the posture of the kingdom and it's not going to be, I don't have to sit in that us versus them mentality. Okay, they have to lose if we're going to win. And it that's so much of what party politics is. And if it's instead, I desire to have this posture, this posture informs policy XYZ, let's go pursue that policy in, in the city or whatever. I'm talking political realm right now, but um, I can get whoever wants to advocate with me on that pursuit. And they don't have to Oh, what what letters beside your name? Because only only D's or only R's or only I's or only G's. Only you guys can hang out in this party. Um, that that allows just a completely different way of engaging that process. It doesn't seem that poor in spirit or meek people engage in us versus them mm. uh, politics or arguments or interpersonal uh, rea- um, conversations in that way. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's not a bad way to think about it. Um, oh, I, yeah, I had something else that I can't remember. It's all good right now. Well, I have some questions. Maybe I can maybe I can trigger okay. trigger that uh, comment back. Um, so we've laid this out. We're trying to encourage use this posture first. Latch onto this posture before you latch onto any other posture for sure. Um, but this, I love that uh, Kingdom Manifesto piece. Um, one of the things, I think a caricature of this has me just thinking I need to be small and simply low and um, almost avoidable and unnoticed and um, ineffectual. That That's a caricature of some of this stuff that I usually see when I read some of these things. Does, if I'm looking at this posture, does this mean I cannot be strong or savvy or clever or ambitious or put really big goals out there, even the political realm, put goals out there and try to meet them, does that mean you have to dial all that back? Or can you do can you do any of those things? Well, I do, I do think that is one of the big jokes, right? Is that the meek, <laughs> the meeks are, meek are the last to inherit the earth. That's really <laughs> not a, how that's ever going to work. But uh, I, I don't think that you look at this and say that this is advocating, again, partly because Jesus perfectly embodied these things, and he wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. So that would be my first thing would be go back to Jesus. But the other thing is simply, you, just because you can't do something, that doesn't make you meek. That makes you weak. Mm. What makes you meek is that you do have some wherewithal that you're willing to set aside for the sake of somebody else, that you're willing to, you're willing to not use your rights for the sake of someone else. And so, uh, again, I just can, if you can let something go, mm-hmm. then that seems to me to be more in the, in the line of these Beatitudes rather than not having it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so, but even that, that's much harder. It's much harder to have it and mm-hmm. let it go than it is to not have it at all. Sure. And I think that that's been one of my, has been one of my, biggest struggles in this past year and a half is the the christians insistence on their rights Mm. see i 
I want to stand up for the rights of those who can't stand up for themselves. I want to stand mm-hmm. up for the those who are disadvantaged. I want to be merciful in that. I want to be a peacemaker uh, and stand in the gap when there is a need. But to stand up for my own rights, you can't make me do this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see that. Mm-hmm. I don't see that in these beatitudes at all. Right. And that's a that's a big difference. To use my strength to stand up for someone else mm-hmm. versus to use it to stand up for myself. Those are vastly different uh, approaches to the world. And probably the posture of a different kingdom, really. I'm, I'm going to be on for mm-hmm. my own rights rather than those of others. And I think the tragic part of that, that posture is that I sacrifice my ability to stand up for someone else's right when I only am concerned with my own rights. Or even pre- preeminently concerned with my own rights. So, mm-hmm. so my voice is heard for myself first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want some other people who there are with me. There may be some collateral benefits yeah, for yeah, some yeah, other yeah. people. Right, but... that's what I mean. Yeah. So I got, I'm thinking about policies or causes or um, maybe high, not high level, but just dramatic disagreements. Um, can I, can I, I have it written this way. Can I vehemently disagree with someone? I mean that's a lot of politics, right? You're, you, there's, they believe X and we believe Y, and there's there's no no path. And I think there are some things that are just not true out there. Mm-hmm. And I I disagree with with things that are not true. Can I have um, intense ag- disagreement with someone, but still have the posture of the kingdom? No. Okay. There we go. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> well, sure you can. And, and sure, you must. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that these govern not only uh, what you um, believe or what you agree with, but the way that you agree or disagree with mm-hmm. those things. So that you are characterized by your purity in heart and your hungering and thirsting for righteousness even as you disagree, and that might even be the reason for your disagreement, but both the reason and the means are governed by these kingdom values. Hmm. And I, yeah, I think there is a place for uh, being clear about what's true. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. Uh, mourning what's not true, for instance. Right. That's, and there's a place for that. Mm-hmm. But it, it but you being the reviler, see, it mm. says, "Blessed are those when others revile you." That's fine, right? You know, you're 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 really living then. But when you're the reviler, I don't think there's a place for that, right? So that that just cut out sixty percent of the things I see on Twitter. <laughs> well, it cuts out. Let's just say it cuts out at least sixty percent of the yeah. thoughts that go through my head, mm. before hopefully before they get out my mouth, right? But you're right. That is uh, again. That it's the it's the kingdom, it's the kingdom life. And you have to say, am I really going to live by reviling other people, or am I going to really live by humbly stating what I believe is true, mm-hmm. mourning over what's not true, uh, hungering and thirsting for something that is right, and accepting other people when they revile me? I, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's. That's the vision Jesus is laying out here for that level of conflict or that kind of thing that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think in the, in the reviling 
um, in a lot of ways, just the people in politics disagree with each other is all reviling. And um, ignores people's dignity. It, because if you, if you have this posture, you could say, "I belong to the King of the Universe who created everyone in His image. Because of that, we have dignity and value and worth." And that same God also uh, died to save us, died to grab us, died to include us in a kingdom to which we have this posture, and a lot of the ways people disagree is to assume those people are horrible people. They have no dignity. They, I'm not going to assume their dignity before I just rip them to shreds. Um, that's happening all the time. And I think, I almost think we need to practice disagreeing with people and not having that posture. Cause that's so often the, the way we're discipled. If you're, if they're against you, they have, they're not worth, they're worth nothing. They're they're We need to ignore them. We need to get rid of them. Um, they are the, they are the problem. They are the, the enemy. And we can disagree and assume the dignity of someone we disagree with. And it's, it's hard and we probably will get hits, but then you go back to this, this passage, um, utter all kinds of evil against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It's, it's not necessarily easy, but it's totally possible and such a wonderful and in the end, it's all one. It's wonderful because we get to belong to Jesus and, and deal with the things Jesus dealt with. Well, these are things that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. because the, the I mean, hopefully, all the stuff we've talked about before is governed by these kingdom uh, right. ideals here. But if uh, assuming the worth and value of the people that I disagree with, that that has to be part of this. Mm-hmm. Otherwise. I'm not poor in spirit. I'm richer than them if right. I have value and they don't. That, so I, I've got to have that. But I also have to. I also have to be able to say, well, this is not true, and this and that's okay, mm-hmm. or this is wrong. I can say that, but it, that's different than saying you're stupid or right. or you really have bad intent toward the world or toward other people. You're trying to destroy this. You're giving some sort of motive. I don't know their motive. I know what they've said, and either it's true or not true. But I can't just say you're you're a terrible person because you mean to do bad by this. I I mean, I think that most—I really do think that the majority of people that I would disagree with really want to do good, Mm. which is funny. I, I think they do, though. Yeah, and I don't want to caricature them as intending something bad. That's part of being merciful or meek mm-hmm. uh, as well. So, did you come up with the thing you forgot? We were all over it. Oh, we nailed yeah. it. We nailed it. Well, I think that's it. Unless we we've gone through the entire outline. This is fantastic. Um, so that's that's our hope for all of you uh, that this. One, if you're not a Christian, that you would just talk to Jesus right now and say, hey, I want to belong to you. He'll listen right now even. And if you do belong to Jesus, this is the posture. This, the, these are the, um, the marching orders for us. This is how we ought to be living in this world um, in anticipation of the coming kingdom. It's already inaugurated, but it's not yet here. It's coming. And this is the posture uh, that the king gave us. So I would just dig into this. I encourage you to dig into it. Um, spend some time reading it, spend some time just thinking through it, and how does your own posture uh, map onto this, and where it doesn't, ask God to change you. Ask God to change your character and the way you interact in the world. 
Well, I hope that's helpful. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. If you find what we're doing helpful, a review would go a long way to getting this to other people. That's how the algorithms work. They want to see that people are not just listening, but um, engaging with reviews or, um, or putting stars out there. And if you share it with a friend, that's another great way to say, hey, I heard this. I thought it was helpful. would love for you to listen to it and let me know what you think. If you do have questions, send them to podcast at newlifeandw.com. And we look forward to the next conversation.